Hey, everybody, it's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Madiv's Getting to Know podcast. Today, I'm joined by my new friend and colleague, our chief financial officer, Mr. Andy Wamser. Andy, welcome to the Getting to Know podcast. Mike, awesome to be here and awesome to see you. Excited to see you too. And we're actually in person. We don't always do it like this. This is a new thing for the Getting to Know podcast. This is great. Great to be with you. So what's it been like these early days coming together you were SWM, got to know us as Nina. We've come together. We're, what, four, five, six weeks in by the time this airs. How's it going? It's going great. I mean, it's not to say that it hasn't been busy, and I think it's been you know sort of fast and furious for all, but I think that it's been uh, terrific. And the one thing I would say that really stands out, I would say, in early days has just been the depth of talent, I would say, across you know both organizations. So I think I'm really fortunate to have a, an, an awesome team, and it's just great seeing the talent maybe throughout the organization. You feel like it's been a natural gelling of the talent from both sides? I do. I'm seeing that now as you know the, the other teams sort of come together. So I think it has been much more natural than I would have expected, to be frank. So I, th- I think we're off to... Uh, a great start and you know we're starting to see things become a little bit more harmonized which is uh, awesome from an expectation standpoint what were you most freaked out about coming into this i think what i was most freaked out about it was um i think we just take a step back and sort of understand that mergers of equals are are very rare and so i, th- I think what i was freaked out about was and I wouldn't use the word freaked, but I would say a, a watch out was this sort of us and them, you know, kind of mentality. And I've been really impressed in terms of how I see little of that within the first five weeks. I thought uh, this would have been something that would have, you know, permeated and continued on for months and, you know, potentially a year. But I, I think Julie has really done an awesome job in terms of getting it so that it, it sort of feels like one organization really quickly. And so I'm sure it'll take others longer as, you know, the, you know, as we go, you know, cascades to the sites. But I would say where we sit here, I, th- I think it really does feel like one organization in exceptionally short order. How similar do you feel like the two organizations are, were from a say, DNA standpoint? I think the, the talk track, I mean, just to be honest, was that, you know, you know, we both came from the same place, both came from Kimberly Clark 26 years ago and whatever, 15 years ago. While that is true, the organizations, there are some differences. And I, I think the primary one really is that there is an, an, an action, a slight action orientation, maybe on the legacy Nina side. I think SWM, historical SWM, I think was a little bit more, let's continue to evaluate, think about it. Let's make sure we have sort of all views, you know, if if you will. I think in in Nina, their mindset is, yes, let's look at it, let's evaluate it, but then also let's, what's the action plan to move forward? And I think it's maybe just, you know, a slight more bias to action, if that's fair. Ways of working fairly similar, like as you, as you, bring together your finance organization, which is a combination of legacy yep. talent from both sides. Are you seeing that processes are similar or are there things that you're working to overcome? At a high level, yes. But I, I think from finance, there are things that we have to just harmonize in terms of how do we do the monthly business reviews? How do we think of you know, actual performance in terms of um, you know, things like variances? So there are things that we're harmonizing that will take time. 
And that's, I, I think, more just legacy accounting practices. I don't think that's really a difference between SWO and Nina. I think that's just like a finance, you know, sort of thing. So, but from a people perspective, I, I think there's, you know, going back to it, I think, I think it's harmonizing really, really well. So as a young man, did you like grow up dreaming to be a CFO? <laughs> uh, no, I actually was pre-med. And I thought I wanted to be a physician. You know, my journey to here, I, I didn't grow up thinking I'd be a CFO. It's just sort of the, the journey that eventually happened. Talk to me about the journey. So you live in Atlanta now. Yep. You're not a native Atlantan. No, I'm, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. So in the Midwest, uh, my wife is from Minneapolis, also in the Midwest. I went to college in Ohio, got my MBA back where I was in, in St. Louis at Washington University. And then, you know, that was a little over 20, you know, one or two years ago. And then after that point, I ended up moving to New York and worked in investment banking. I thought I'd be there for one or two years and and go back home. And two years became 14 or 15. And then after that, I was recruited by a, a client and went to a client down in Florida where I then transitioned to the corporate side. And, you know, that, again, I, I thought that transition to corporate probably would have happened 10 years earlier, but went down to Florida with my family. And then, you know, we were there for about four or five years and then um, moved to Atlanta to take the SWM CFO role. How different is life on the investment banking side versus the quote corporate side? I would say it's exceptionally different. You know, the the biggest difference between maybe banking and then, you know, corporate is that it is a up or out sort of culture. And it's sort of another, you know, element is that you're always 10% or 15% of the population, you know, sort of leaves every year. So there is much more of a survivalist, you know, kind of uh, mentality there. So when you think of the progressions in investment banking, and you go analyst, associate, VP, director, or executive director, and then managing director, and that's sort of the the top level. And for me, I you know I thought I'd leave as a VP and then go corporate, but you know things were going well, and I just continued to you know go to executive director and managing director. And um, you know my my wife and I we um, we liked New York, we didn't love it, so we we eventually knew it probably wasn't maybe right for us as a family, you know, to, to be there. And I wanted to go to a corporate and I could have gone to a corporate theoretically in in the tri-state area, but we wanted a a change for our family. What was the biggest adjustment moving on to the corporate side? You know, well, one sort of understanding that sort of that upper out culture isn't the same. Um, I, you know, the biggest thing is from a advisory, you know, sort of side, you can kind of see how certain transactions can may, may make sense. And that could be a financing and equity or debt or, you know, whatever financing it could be something, you know, more strategic or, you know, M&A advisory oriented. But then you're sort of you go through that process. Once it's announced, you're kind of moving on going to the next. The big difference is when you're obviously in a, in a living in corporate, which I wanted, you live with it. And then, um, so it's not just the transactions done, then you have to sort of then live with the integration and, and, you know, some of the other, you know, elements associated with it. So your wife's from Minnesota, you've yep. mentioned the wife and family a couple of times. So talk to me about the, the personal side. How did that all come together? How'd you guys meet? You have kids? Yep. So my wife's from Minneapolis originally, but she's lived 
a little bit all over the place. She After college, she went to Chicago for a brief period. She then went to San Francisco and lived there sort of during like the, the tech sort of boom in, in the U.S. and, you know, 99, 2000. She moved to New York in 2000, 2001. I moved at the same time. And then we met in 2002 at a party. Like and, a party for just Midwesterners hanging out <laughs> in New York? Uh, it, it wasn't that, but there were, were some Midwesterners at the party. And we met at a party and then we sort of realized that we had a bunch of mutual friends. And then the reality was that I was working so much, I, I couldn't ask her out. So it probably took like a month or so to, to ask her out. It was a slow burn. Yeah. So that wasn't a courage thing. It was just you were too busy. Yeah. Well, I asked her out and, you know, it's maybe a, for a week or two weeks later and then I had to cancel because of work and then I had to do it again. And then the third time it's going to happen or it wasn't. Yeah. So made sure it happened. And then we got married two, three years later, you know, after that. And then we had a son in New York City who is now 13. And then when my wife was pregnant with our, our second child, which is a, a daughter, Libby, we moved to Connecticut because it's just hard from a space perspective, you know, having yeah. two kids in New York City. Gotcha. So what do you guys do now? So you've got, you've got the two kids, 13 and nine. nine. Yep. What do you guys do for fun outside of being the finance chief for a new organization? I mean, we're pretty social, but it's it's really still all about the kids right now, just to be honest. I mean, it's, you know, some of their sports activities or it's really sort of based around them in terms of, you know, sports activities or we just hang out at home. And with each, you know, child, we, my wife and I try to find something to do on our own with each of them. So some of those activities are different. So as a native of St. Louis, are you a hardcore Cardinals fan? I am. So, you know, for those that don't know, so St. Louis only has two professional sports teams. Uh, one's a St. Louis Cardinals, the baseball team. And the other one is a uh, St. Louis Blues, which is hockey. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a diehard Cardinals and Blues fan. It's been um, great for the Blues because they, wa- they won a, a Stanley Cup for the first time maybe three years ago. The Cardinals haven't done much lately. So they kind of go to the playoffs and then get knocked out by a much better team. So I'm a hardcore Miller Lite drinker, which is, you know, hells from Milwaukee. St. Louis is the home of Budweiser, right? Yes. Would I be welcomed in your hometown? I think you would. I have a lot of pride in St. Louis and love the city, but it's one that has been on the decline, I would say, for the last 30 or 40 years. And Anheuser-Busch was probably the most prominent company in St. Louis growing up and Probably 15 years ago, they were acquired by InBev. And, you know, when that transaction happened, I think a lot of the loyalty to Budweiser, at least from local St. Louis people, is certainly not the same, you know, from what it was. But as a kid, you know, you would only see Budweiser products or, yeah, just Budweiser products anywhere. You would never see a Coors or a Miller product yeah. anywhere. And it's still Bush Stadium there, right? Or yeah. is it different? Yeah, it, yeah. yeah it's always been uh, Bush Stadium. So that, I think they kept the naming gotcha. rights for that. So if you were playing in Bush Stadium, what would your walk-up song be? That's a great question. I, th- I think because I'm from St. Louis, I would do a, a local artist from St. Louis. And so then it would be uh, by Nelly. And it would be uh, It's Getting Hot in Here or or some or one of those songs. Some version of that. Some version nice. of that. I like that. I like that. So you, you mentioned running around with the kids doing their thing, 13 yep. and 9. Um, what sports are they into? My daughter would... Uh, she's in the basketball. She's into lacrosse. 
into tennis. My son's into tennis, uh, swimming and diving. What's the uh, perfect day for the Wamser family? As summer wraps up, they're probably getting back into school now. Pretend they're not. Perfect day for all of you guys together. A perfect day for all of us together would be my children listening to me. Yeah. Which would you get they, a lot of that? No, they don't listen. No, no, no. Uh, so it would be my children <laughs> listening to me and then no arguments. That would be the first start. And then I would say, um, you know, just relaxing at home, you know, maybe swimming and watching a movie and then everyone listening, no arguments. Gotcha. It's, it's really with the kids not listening. I go back to that. Fair enough. What would your advice be to your younger self now that you've you've been a public company CFO for what five ish years yep. and change what would your advice be to your younger self in route to you know the career that you ended up with I'd probably give this advice for me just professionally and you know maybe even personally is um, try not to worry about the things you can't control I'm a natural worrier and I tend to spend a lot of time and energy worrying about things that are I absolutely have no control over. And it's something my wife always, it's actually something my mother always said to me as a kid. And it's something my wife even sort of carries on. So it's just who I am. It's not going to change, but that'd be the advice. And I probably wouldn't take it. Does that come somewhat with the territory of a CFO? I mean, you're, you're naturally supposed to be skeptical to some degree, right? Yeah, I would say it's, it truly is just my personality. I, I wish I could change it, but I can't. Yeah. What do you do to counterbalance that? I think it's making sure that you still have like balanced optimism in in some degree. So it's something that is not innate. It's, uh, you know, less of a, re- a natural reflex, but I just have to naturally remind myself of that. Yeah. Um, just having that sort of, you know, op- you know, some optimistic yeah. sort of balance. So along the lines of optimism... What are you most excited about here as we're, you know, in our second month after coming together? You know, when you think about it, the first thing I'll go back to is just, the, you know, just the talent of the teams, you know, throughout the organization. I think um, I think that's terrific. And I think that's going to be showcased more and more as we, you know, come together. There's still a lot of integration work, you know, that has to happen. You know, a lot of harmonizing between, you know, the, the BUs. But I think that will come here you know, as we sort of, you know, finish out this year. And I think when you look at, you know, the spectrum in terms of the technologies we have, you know, some of the end markets that we're playing in, you know, some of the synergy potential, even like revenue synergy potential, you know, between the two organizations, I think it's tremendous. So that's, I'm putting all my optimistic hat on it, but that's, I think that's real. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. So as we come together and people begin working with you that maybe haven't been as familiar with you in the past, what advice would you give to them so as not to drive you apeshit crazy? You know, just with follow-up, you, you know, just being consistent, you know, with, with follow-up, that's probably the one thing that probably drives me, you know, crazy. Do what um, you say you're going to do? Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Sounds like a CFO kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And, hold, and, hold and it's consistent with what I say to my kids. Uh, so, yeah. What's kept you around during this time? You know, just the, the, I would say the excitement of, you know, some of the change, you know, that's, that's happening. I would say, you know, I really enjoyed working with Jeff. I thought he was a, you know, I thought he was great. And, um, and I think Julie is terrific. I think she's the real deal. So they've both been terrific. And I think fundamentally, you know, so much comes from the, the leads of the organization and then how that sort of permeates through and you can really see it and feel it really on day one. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Andy Wamser, what was your first ever concert? I did this on the uh, the Fishbowl. My first concert was Van Halen, nineteen eighty four, and I was eleven years old. It's a great start. Yeah, it's a great. Start. And it started off with Jump was the first song, which is the album, and then it was Panama, second song, which is the album. That's pretty solid. So probably easy to conclude that you're a Dave versus Sammy fan as it relates to Van Halen. This is a, probably a, a bad answer, but I like them both. Okay, that's um, fair. So do I. I so, like Sammy more, but I'm in the I'm in the minority there. Yeah, I, I liked them. I liked them both. Like fifty one fifty was good. OU eight one two was good. Yeah, for yeah. awful carnal knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I was I'm, a fan of all. I'm impressed. Favorite restaurant in the whole world. So every time I go back to St. Louis, um, which is probably once, maybe twice a year. Uh, there is a, uh, a pizza place called Ferrado's. It's a couple miles from my mom's house. And I literally, I land at the airport. I call the number. It's 314-968-4800. Wow. And then I order a, uh, a deluxe pizza and then uh, I pick it up and I get it every time. You pick it up, take it to your mom's house? Yeah. Gotcha. That's solid. I have something like that in Toledo. I don't get back there as frequently. I don't know their phone number either, so I'm very impressed there. Are you just good naturally with numbers? I remember, yeah, I, I just remember numbers. How are you with names? I think I'm pretty decent. I, I think I can hold my own relative to some others. Yes, yes. We, we, <laughs> we, we have a colleague in particular who doesn't excel there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of his translator, and so um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll help him with some names. For those of you in the listening audience, we are not referring to translating Spanish to English or vice versa. No. It's just names for uh, our, our chief legal officer, Ricardo Nunez, who we love. Dearly. Uh, he's the best. He's the but best. But he's called me Matt and Mark both today, I believe. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Andy, at the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we ask our guests three specific questions. I'm going to hit okay. you with those right now. Okay. All right. First question for you, Andy. What is always in the Wamser family refrigerator? Boring answer, but uh, I would say uh, cold brew, which I drink every morning. Cold um, brew co- like co- a, Cold brew like, coffee. Yeah, yeah like that. a can of it or no it's a container called slingshot and that's always in the the refrigerator and then is that just for you or is that holly and the kids too that's just me yeah all right and then there are always english muffins i can't explain why but i love english muffins and so i generally have an english muffin every morning and the whole family uh they, they, they maybe embrace that a little bit but um what do you do with the English muffin? Like you just throw it in the toaster and to I, the car to, to or toast it. If I have uh, eggs sunny side up, dip it in the yolk. If not, then I just put peanut butter and jelly on it. All right. That works. Second question. Amongst those who know you well, what would you say you're most famous for? That's a tough one. I would say as a younger person, what I'm most famous for is that I have a sandwich or a bagel named after me in college. Oh, yeah. So there's a at, uh, at Miami University. Yeah, there is a, a place called Bagel Deli and they would have other names like Dave Matthews Bagel, Bill Cosby Bagel, unfortunately. That was back then. That yeah. was back then. There would be a couple other bagels. And so then there's a Whammo Bagel, which is a nickname of mine as a um, when I was younger, and uh, so there's a Whammo bagel, and it's still there. Yeah, and and, wh- and it's been franchised, and they're still Wham. They continued on. They've spelled it subsequently 
differently wrong. With an H? With They put an H in it. Yeah. But it's been franchised in Chicago. I think it's they're in Denver. So what is on a whammo bagel? See, it's going to sound disgusting, but it was great in college. So it's Bialy bagel, smoked turkey, cucumber, tomato, and vegetable cream cheese. That doesn't sound disgusting at all. Now, the Bialy, though, is everyone familiar with the Bialy, you think? You don't really see them. I like them. It's sort of like an English muffin. I mean, it's a flavor. There's a little bit yeah. of a flavorful yeah. English muffin. And how did that come to be? That's too long of a story, but the short answer would be my friend and I would always order these, the same ones, you know, sort of late at night. And fast forward another day, uh, there's a long line. I order it. Then like a family comes in and probably they're like, hey, what is that? And they're like, hey, I'll have three or four of those. And then my friend goes, oh, that's the whammo. Another person who ordered it. So then, you know, they're like seven orders in a row. And then the next day, you put a sign up like on, on a white piece of paper and it called it the whammo and then it continued on. Very nice. I mean, that's a, that's a legit famous. I think that's the yeah. real, probably the, the, the first thing that we've gotten along those lines in the uh, on the Getting to Know podcast. So very cool. All right, Andy, last question for you. What are you most looking forward to right this very moment? I would say just, you know, the, the progress we're making on the integration and I'd say the, you know, the continuation of, you know, the, the two organizations coming together. And, you know, I, th- I think you get to a point where you don't naturally have to think of just that we're MADIV. It's just naturally, we're just saying MADIV. We're not saying former this, right. former that, legacy this, legacy that. It's just becomes a re- natural reflex that it's MADIV. And, you know, I kind of say to my, you know, first comments, I think it's going to come a lot quicker than, you know, than normal. I think we're well on our way to getting there. That's great. Yeah, it's a good call out too. I think the sooner we get away from that legacy kind of language, and I'm guilty of it too, because yeah. we use it as a descriptor yeah. just to help help people understand, you know, perspectives. But the sooner we get away from it, the better. Yep. So, well, Andy, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule dealing with investors and working through bringing a whole team and a whole organization together. Appreciate you taking time on the no, Getting to Know podcast. Th- this was great. This was awesome. Thanks, Mike. For those of you in the listening audience, thanks for your time as well. Hope you enjoyed getting to know Andy a little bit better. And we'll talk to you again in two more weeks. Thanks a lot. Thank you. 